here in the scriptures today, and the word speaks to us, that it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. We see in the first reading, we get a glimpse into the heart of the king here, the book of Kings, and we get a glimpse into the heart of the king, and particularly King Solomon. And it goes right into saying, you know, when King Solomon was old, his wives had turned his heart to strange gods. And so right away we see this matter of the heart, and in King Solomon's case, there's a, there's a turning. You know, in his youth, he asked the Lord for wisdom and for right judgment and for understanding, and he was trying to be faithful. But it says in the book of Kings that Solomon made all these alliances and intermarried with these many foreign women and even said, you know, 700 wives and 300 concubines. So that's a lot of wives. And that's also a lot of idolatry. And so this, this turning of Solomon's heart refusing the Lord's commands to not intermarry, to not worship these idols. And it goes on to say, you know, Solomon, his heart was not entirely with the Lord his God, as his heart of his father David had been. And it goes on to say, and Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not follow him unreservedly, as his father David had done. And so it's a matter of the heart. We see King Solomon, and he has this division within him that he does want to serve the Lord, but in some way, he also wants to serve himself, kind of place himself on that throne. And because of this, we see what happens that the Lord himself says, the kingdom will be removed from you. I will take the kingdom away from you, the kingship. And so we can see in Solomon's heart that the division within him in turning his heart away from the Lord and to false gods, to serving himself, becomes this manifestation in real time, in real history, that the kingdom of Israel becomes divided. The heart of the divided king becomes a heart of the divided kingdom. And Israel is broken apart. And how does this lead us into the gospel readings today? We see Jesus stepping into Gentile territory. It, it says he went to the land of Tyre. And that right away says it's a foreign nation, a foreign country that he's going into, not the land of Israel. And when the Lord's in this foreign land, he encounters this woman, this foreign woman, kind of echoes of the first reading, the foreign woman. But this time, this woman has a heart of faith. She sees the Lord, the God of Israel, Jesus himself, and she falls at his feet and does him homage. She turns his heart towards him. And we also see that she gets this kind of rebuke at the beginning that the Lord says, you know, I've come first of all to the children of Israel and then only secondly to the Gentiles, but she persists and perseveres and she says, I know you can help me, Lord. Even the dogs under the table eat the, gen the children's scraps. And so this imagery of feeding is present here. And this imagery of a deep faith from this foreign woman believing that the Lord, in fact, can heal her daughter. 
And if any of you out there are struggling with a child, maybe being away from the faith or have a deep heart for your child, bringing them back to the Lord, take courage from this woman's example because through her prayer, through her faith, even at a distance, her daughter is healed. And so we see that a parent's perseverance in prayer does not go unnoticed by the Lord. And even through a parent's prayer, a parent's faith, the child can be healed, can be brought to a place of faith. And so this leads us also to this idea of, Lord, how do I acquire this heart that is given over to you? How do I acquire a heart that is not divided, is not chasing after idols, is not putting myself on the throne and serving myself and putting my own needs first, as we saw in the case of Solomon? But how do I have a heart that is focused on you, giving myself generously to you, on serving you? How do we acquire such a heart? How do we have access to such a heart? I want to turn our attention to the the sanctuary here. It's a very beautiful sanctuary in our Divine Mercy Shrine here. And I think it gives us a powerful image of the Lord coming to us, what the Lord is uh, speaking to us today. And so how do we have access to such a heart to be, to be united with the Lord in a very clear way? Well, if we begin looking at the sanctuary, we first of all, we see the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. From all eternity, the foundation of the world, before anything existed, we have the Holy Trinity. We have the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And their desire is to come into the world to say, how do we turn the hearts of our children back to us and reconcile the world with us once more? And how how are we going to do this? And so the first move is, they said, there will be, someone will create that will do our will, that will, will be a vessel of grace that will be able to carry us to others, that will have a heart that is pure and is able to share us with the world. And such a heart is the heart of the Immaculate Virgin Mary. We see in the very center that she is this vessel of of grace, even from the very first moment of her existence, her conception, sinless. She is given this grace to be pure in the sight of the Lord, to be undivided in her love for the Lord. And so the second person of the Trinity steps down through the Virgin as this sacred channel And he steps into the virgin's womb, steps into time and history. And then we also see through the virgin, we see this beautiful image of divine mercy. And this is an image of the incarnate Christ that in a a marvelous way, the second person of the Trinity eternal comes to be incarnate in the person of Jesus, in the person of Christ. And he is in our time and our space and our place here on the earth. And he walks among us, taking that human nature, taking on that human heart, which is also filled with that divine life, that divine heart. And then we see, what did the Lord do as he was here among us? He gathered a people to himself. He called the 12. And that reminds us of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel of the old covenant. The Lord calls 12 
these 12 new patriarchs to be the new people of God, to be the new Israel, that new Israel that is not only called to go to the Israelites, but as Jesus says in the gospel, that great commission, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to every nation, even to the Gentiles like this Greek Syrophoenician in the gospel, to all the nations. And so the church is gathered around Christ who is this new king. And he is the one with this undivided heart. The Lord himself, who is a descendant of David, is the one who has this heart that is entirely given over to the Lord, that is unreservedly in the service of the Father. He is the true king, the son of David, who takes the throne. And we see that how else does the Lord come to us? How does he get from 2,000 years ago to you and I today? Well, the Lord continues his journey towards us because in his humanity, we see that pierced heart in his side, the blood and water going forth. And if we also see in the sanctuary, we can see this powerful image of the Passover lamb with his pierced heart and the blood flowing into the chalice. It reminds us of the Passover lamb through which the Lord passed over his people Israel, saved them from death and delivered them. And so in the Lord's own Passover as the true Passover lamb, the eternal lamb, he passes over from death into eternal life. And it's a, a stepping into our time and place once more. We also see this tabernacle right here. And that word is literally that, that tent, that meeting place. In the Old Covenant, God commanded Moses to pitch his, to, to make a tent, this tent of meeting. And it is the meeting place between God and man where the Lord descended and dwelled with his people in this tent of meeting. And we hear it in John's gospel as well. The word was made flesh, and it says, we hear commonly, dwelt amongst us, but the literal word is, he pitched his tent among us. He tabernacled among us. And so we have this sacred tabernacle that is an image of the Lord's incarnate presence. And then how else does the Lord make this journey complete to us? The Lord continues to step down to us through the priest. We see in this altar also this image of the Eucharist here. But the Lord steps into his priest. At his ordination, hands are laid upon the priest, and the Lord comes in as Christ the head. And the priest is configured to Christ. And it's like Jesus steps into the legs, into the arms, into the heart, into the mind of the priest. And he says to the priest, now make my presence known to my people. Make me present to my children once more. And so he steps into the heart of his priest. And then when we're at Mass in a few moments, which we will celebrate, the Lord once more through the priest says the words, take this, all of you, and eat of this, for this is my body. And so the priest doesn't say, you know, this is the body of Jesus way over there. He says, this is my body. And so there's this incorporation and the intimacy of the Lord uniting himself to us so closely that he literally wants to be within us, that God gives us his heart. 
and he steps into the priest. Through the priest, he steps into the host, and the Lord is once more made present in this world. And then the Lord continues his last move. He says, he now steps down from the sanctuary, and he steps down into this center aisle, and when you come up for communion, the Lord once more sees his bride there. He is the divine bridegroom, and he has his heart ready. And what does a bridegroom do with his bride? He steps into her. He communes with her. He gives her his heart. And he says, take this, my body which is given up for you. And so the Lord steps down from eternity into the virgin, into our earth, into the church, into the priest, into the host, into you. And he says, this is my heart. God has a heart and he gives it to you and to me. And now the heart of God is living inside of us. Now the heart of the Lord is within us and he gives us his heart that is entirely given over to the Lord. He gives us his heart, which is unreservedly dedicated to the service of the Father. And he says, now I want you to go. Go forth, step out. Be my presence in the world. Be my heart in the world. Bring my presence, which is living in you now, one body, one spirit, into the rest of the world. And so God has a heart. He gives you his heart. And the Lord says, come to me. Be a Eucharistic people. The true presence of the Lord in the Eucharist is here. The riches of the Catholic faith, present in the Lord, present in his heart, present in the Eucharist. And I know in this diocese of Springfield, the year of the Eucharist, we also heard about the bishops wanting this Eucharistic revival in the church. And so this great desire of the Lord to have us believe in the real presence, believe in the heart of God, to come to him, to be a Eucharistic people, that we can adore the Lord and with this Syrophoenician woman, fall at the feet of Christ. Beg him, Lord, with a heart of faith, Lord, come into my heart, come into my life, come into my family's life, come into the church, into the world, and bring us that freedom Give us that heart, that is that heart of God, that heart of salvation that we are all longing for, that we can have these hearts that are totally dedicated to the Lord, given over to him in unreserved and whole and entire worship. And so we ask the Lord today in a special way, through the intercession of Saint Scholastica, through the intercession of this foreign woman, Syrophoenician, and through all the great saints, lovers of the Lord in the Eucharist, to have this heart of faith, to approach the Lord with deep desire to receive his heart, to welcome his heart in our lives, that it is truly his real presence, and then manifest that presence in the world. Walk with Christ together into the world, making known his presence, that every soul will be drawn into this Eucharistic fire of the Lord and will rejoice at knowing that God truly dwells with his people. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.